0: back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinions. Today is May 10th, 2021, and this is episode 317.
1: My name is Jake English. And I'm Scott Magnus. And on this week's show, hey, why not? We'll go around the bases. And we'll also get our annual Mother's Day's visit. From the Baseball Widows.
0: And we'll do all that right after we lubricate the show. That's right. It's time for the Drink of the Week. Scott Magnus, what are you drinking?
1: Uh, I've got something in my glass. Um, It's from uh, gin, um, and it's also made from tonic. Um, So I believe that makes it a gin tonic.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, This weekend for Mother's Day, we enjoyed some fine, fresh-squeezed, homemade orange crushes. (laughs) I thought you were going to say make (laughs) a (laughs) little I am, uh, this evening... Uh, drinking a Michelob Ultra, but later on the show, when I become uh, more exasperated with either you or the Orioles, yeah. uh, I do have a Manor Hill IPA. Oh, there you uh, go, which is which is becoming you know one of my one yeah, of my go tos. That's a good one. So that's a good one. Like I
1: said, uh, not a cheap in bed product like Michelob Ultra can be. Hey,
0: sometimes you just have to go with the inferior product. <laughs> Welcome to Bird's Eye View.
1: <laughs> over and over and again. Uh, if you know want to know what we're drinking on daily slash weekly basis, check us out on Untapped. I'm at M E G N eight six. M A G N 8606. Easy for you to say. I'm at Jake E4025. And with that, let's go ahead and dabble over to the medical wing.
0: All right, the medical wing, you know, it's not too full, but there's been some activity. Uh some unofficial activity and some official activity. Let's start with the official injury list member, which is Dylan Tate, of course, dealing with that hamstring. Went to the 10 day IL, and Ryan McKenna was the corresponding move. I feel dumb because we talked about and expand, expounded on the uh, talent in the outfield mm-hmm. in last week's show, and McKenna's name didn't didn't come up.
1: It's a good point. Yeah, we we definitely didn't talk about it, and you know, I think um, earlier this season, Ryan McKenna coming up was I wouldn't say a, a surprise, um, but maybe you know, a, a little bit of a oh, like that's who they decided to pull up first off the off the roster. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, with Brendan Hyde talking about all the nursing injuries as it relates to the outfield, um, Brian McKenna coming up made the most amount of sense. No doubt about it.
0: All right. Sounds good. What else is going on in that medical wing?
1: Uh, well, talking about nursing injuries on the outfield, DJ Storey is, you know, still dealing with a hamstring injury day to day. Not yet on the IL, um, but not starting on on this evening for this Monday night. Um, I guess something to monitor um, you know, with Santana Dare again, being, uh, you know, down for the count for a little bit, uh, DJ Stewart continued to, you know, hobble along. I, I just don't understand why you don't make a move um, and, and just IL DJ Stewart. It's not like you're losing a ton of productivity here.
0: Sure. And as we've talked about, got plenty of outfield uh,
1: depth. We, we do have some outfield depth, but, you know, I think one of the names that we thought would be potentially coming up uh, in the near future, which was Al Aldeas he's is also dealing with a little day-to-day injury with his thigh. Um, again, not yet on the IL. If that even exists in minor league baseball um, anymore, um, but for a you know an area where the Orioles had a plethora of players, um, the Orioles sure seems to be snake bitten recently in the outfield. All right, hear me out on this one, okay?
0: Stewart goes in the IL. Mm-hmm. They need an outfielder. Mm-hmm.
1: Diaz is unavailable. Mm-hmm. Jemai Jones. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Stevie Wilkerson.
0: <laughs> I would take that too. We'll talk about Stevie Wilkerson well, later tonight. Twice, twice on this episode. Yeah. He,
1: this this is the you know. This is the official podcast of Stevie Wilkerson.
0: <laughs> I think uh, I, I think with nowhere else to go, we should head to the internet. Then let's go this week on the twitters two hundred eighty characters or less. Let's go. I, this first tweet is one that I can relate to. Ten out of ten would read again. This comes from Suspended Family Barbecue, who tweet at Suspended BBQ. Something genuinely momentous happened to the baseball team I care about. This feeling is been a minute. Cloud nine, baby.
1: Yeah, um, and you know we've talked about the the no hitter game, and this is obviously what's referring back to. Oh, oh, that that's the thing. That was the thing that they were referring back to. The one that you saw. There
0: were there were so many good things that happened with the Orioles this week, and I, I just thought maybe <laughs> he was.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, we I mean we talked right afterwards though that no hitter, and I was definitely kind of on this euphoria is mm-hmm. the best way to put it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Cespedes family barbecue could have a little enjoyment. Um, you don't get many when you're an Orioles and a Mariners fan, uh, and when you do, it, it comes at the sacrifice of your other partner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that really, that really is poetic the way that worked.
1: It, it is, um, and, and you know, you you know, coming off of a, a great game such as John means no hitters. You're riding a wave of emotion. Um, you're basically saying, hey, you know, let's ride this momentum into the Red Sox series. All the way home. All the way home. Um, and the next week comes from Lockdown Orioles. Check them out at On Orioles. Great podcast. Home games are canceled. Only road games, please. Very accurate. Cancel culture. Yeah.
0: It's just ridiculous. It's out of control.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before in other podcasts in terms of, you know, what does this mean? Why can't the Orioles win at home? I still come back to it as a small sample size and they've played against some really tough competition from the AL East as well. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's, un, it's, it's very annoying.
0: <laughs> I think the official term is bummer. It's a
1: bummer. I mean, the, the only other, you know, thought process I have of why it could potentially be happening is if Scott Garceau is within a hundred feet of the <laughs> Baltimore Orioles, it obviously impedes doom. Um, so let, let's think about that. Orioles.
0: Our next tweet comes to us from Quarantined Orioles at Orioles underscore Insider. It is such an Orioles moment to finally get a no-hitter thrown by a starter after 52 years, and then two days later, a former Oriole throws one. The only thing that would have made this even more hashtag that's so O's, shout out, Derek Arnold, uh, would be if Wade Miley threw it against
1: the O's. Yeah. Um, How in the world did Wade Miley throw a no-hitter?
0: That is the universe giving Wade Miley's middle finger to Oriole fans.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't understand this world anymore. I just, it literally was, you know, two days of like, let's praise John Means, and then Wade Miley does it, and we're just like, uh, <laughs> is something up with the baseball perhaps this season? Yeah.
0: Weird baseball. I mean, this game is delightfully strange sometimes, and that, this week of, of emotions for Orioles fans... Very weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, Next tweet comes from Matt Kremenitzer, at Matt Kremenitzer. Uh, If the Orioles don't win tonight, I'll do nothing about it and watch again
0: tomorrow. Hey, those are strong words.
1: That is absolutely strong words. But um, it's commitment. It is commitment. Like I said, that's the kind of commitment that we would expect from someone like It's a Sez Family Barbecue. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Our next tweet comes to us from
0: the Orioles. They, have, of course, a tweet at Orioles. You may want to follow them. They might be interested in if you're... Uh, if you're into the show. Uh, we have recalled left-handed pitcher Keegan Aiken from Triple A Norfolk and option left-handed pitcher Zach Lowther to Triple A Norfolk. Move that bus. Move <laughs> that <laughs> bus.
1: So I gotta gotta talk before we close out this week on the Twitters. Um, you know, every one of you switch their profile picture to uh, John Means in a mustache. Um including the Orioles. Including the Orioles. I don't get it. I'm old, I guess. Oh no, I love it. Yeah, I, just, I love it. I just don't get it. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't understand this. Go yell at a cloud, Scott. Listen. Um, yeah, I just when I look at an organization and they're willing to put that kind of man on there, it just tells me that they are a wussified organization, um, and they need to you know take their mask off. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is not where I thought. <laughs> <laughs> not where I thought this was going. But I can tell you. This show is already turning out to run off the rails. Uh, So, of course, we've got to bring in some guests. This is, of course, my favorite show of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that we need to turn things over to the professionals.
1: Absolutely. The the non-wussified individuals.
2: Land, it's the Baseball Widows. Carrie and Sarah here.
3: Um, so Carrie, it's been a year since we've done this. Happy Mother's Day.
2: Happy Mother's Day to you too, Sarah.
3: Thank you. Um, what have you been doing for the past year?
2: Um, well, I've been locked in my house with three kids, teaching from home. So, drinking?
3: Yeah, same, same, same. So when I was trying to think of, like, what we could talk about tonight... just kept thinking about drinking
2: (laughs) should i be concerned i mean not yet okay keep me posted
3: (laughs) but it got me to thinking there's lots of different kinds of things to drink and i found some new favorites over quarantine um but what is the best drink for baseball especially as a person who does not drink beer hmm see i would always want to drink a
2: beer on opening day i feel like a natty bow on opening day just it sets the mood it's classic it's hometown just i know it's not like craft beer it's not fancy but it's just uh, there's just something about a natty bow on opening day
3: that's fair that's fair i won't join you but i i get that um i was also thinking like all of the fun things that can happen, or maybe not so fun things that can happen during a game, and the different times that a game might happen. There's there's more options than just beer, and I've been channeling my inner. Maybe the Orioles won't be terrible this year. <laughs> after that no hitter, I was thinking, why can't we drink a little bubbly and pop some champagne for baseball? I mean, a
2: celebration, of course. Um. Yeah, for sure. That was awesome. And that was nice because that game ended in a reasonable time. Like, it was all good. But the West Coast games, I definitely need Irish coffee because I can't stay awake to <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning waiting for a game to end unless I have a little bit of caffeine. I don't even try. There's no <laughs> caffeine
3: that's going to keep me up until 2 in the morning for baseball unless it's playoff baseball. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so those are some fun things about baseball, but what about when things get a little hairy, like maybe a base is loaded down to the last out kind of nervous part of baseball? Shots? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more of a Long Island iced tea. Okay. It's, it's kind of all the shots poured into one. Yeah. It, it makes you a little blurry, and then you don't feel the nerves. <laughs> I can see that
2: but then there are those games like a double header where you don't want to pour all your shots in one cup but you kind of need something slow and steady and that's where I would go for a seltzer because it's nice it's refreshing and you can drink a couple of those over the course of six hours and feel fine
3: it's true you can but I don't like those either and here's something else nobody's gonna like what about a bad call from an ump? causes you to lose the game shots again (laughs) no no it's worse than that it's like you should have won but you didn't and you were robbed and it wasn't even your fault
2: so you need to drown your sorrows
3: yeah that calls for some of my uncle's moonshine
2: i have never had that but it sounds
3: it's it's intriguing (laughs) not even
2: (laughs) see i more like to go with the light drinks. So I'm thinking like summer Sunday, you're listening to the game on the deck, drinking some mimosas, maybe having a little brunch vibe. That's a little bit more my speed than moonshine.
3: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Well, my favorite thing to drink is rum. Coconut rum, fruity rum, not the spice first rum. You know I can't. Too many college memories. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking... One of those games where we actually have a lead and it's not the kind of lead you're gonna get nervous about. Eight runs, ten runs up, we've got this in the bag. Then you need some rum punch and pretend you're at the beach. I can always pretend I'm at the beach.
2: Um and then there are those games that, you know, maybe don't fit a specific drink, but Scott was just telling me tonight that Truly released a new um seltzer for this season. Mm. Just for the Orioles. He said it's called Truly awful.
3: (laughs) But I'm (laughs) bummed.
0: Right, Scotty, we've got a lot going on in this show tonight, so I want to make sure that we go around the bases, but hey, let's pick up the pace a little bit, okay? This is is lightning round around the bases, and as you know, brevity is Mm. my strong suit.
1: Uh, Absolutely, so we're going to David Ortiz
0: around these bases. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's start at first base. I want to talk position player pitching. You? Imagine that. I know. (laughs) There was some weirdness this week, but not for the reason that you think. Look, Pat Velika tossed a scoreless inning of you know throwaway baseball in a loss to the Red Sox. But I was really interested by something that uh, Brandon Hyde said in the postgame show. He said that he went to Velika and asked if he ever had pitched before. And Velika was like, no. And that uh, Pat the Bat didn't show much enthusiasm for the idea at first. And it took uh, Freddie, the, the, bench co- the not bench coach, uh, to go uh, talk him into it later on the game. Why? Yeah. Why is that a thing? Look, look. I mean, I would think that there should be designated position players who are set up to pitch. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Guys that that have some experience, and and I I don't understand why having a blowout is not something we prepare for. I mean, we have an emergency catcher, right? A guy that they know that if they have to, yep, they can strap on the equipment and he probably won't get himself hurt because it won't be the first time he's ever been back there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree totally with you, Jake. I mean, even you as a 9-10 baseball coach uh, know who you're going to pick out of the lineup and saying, well, you're going to go out there and pitch because we don't have any other harms um, and we have to do it. So it is really confusing to me um, why there isn't a plan, as it were, um, specifically of you know someone that's able to go out there, throw decent not throw, have a balk occur, and just, you know, get through the inning is the best way to put it. So I'm a little surprised that it was Pat Fuleka because, again, kind of coming and going, as it were. So, you know, if Pat Fuleka isn't here, which, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be here, you know, much more later in the season, who's the position player that you're going to? I
0: don't know, but I would expect that a major league team and a major league coaching staff yeah. would already know that.
1: Right. And then, again, you know— it's just odd is the best way to put it. And that's the only thing I won't say to this is it just seems odd. And it just seems like, um, you know, there's not a good amount of forethought being put into it. And again, the only reason you're putting position players out there is to kind of save your arms. If you don't have a plan, then you've got to throw your bullpen out there. It just seems like it's a small detail, but it's a detail that the Orioles need to figure out sooner rather than later.
0: And I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. They made it harder for position players to come in. So, you know, we're not going to see that as often, but I will say, all right, I'm going to gonna I'm gonna slip into a conversation you probably expected. I stand by my claim that position player pitching is fun and should be embraced as one of the good things about baseball. Sometimes the score gets absurd, and when that happens, the game ramps up the absurdity for additional entertainment value. If the Orioles are getting their brains beat out and somebody trots in from the bullpen, I'm not that interested. If the Orioles are getting their brains beat out and Pat the Bat is on the mound, I am fixated.
1: Yep, I agree. Uh, like I said... If we can't watch good baseball, let's watch entertaining baseball. It's like WWE at this point. It's like, if we can't watch good product, let's at least watch entertaining product. All right, let's go to second base. Um, you know, every at week we come back at the end of the show and we say, hey, we'd love for you to give us a review, give us a rating, let us know how we're doing. Hey, we got a recent review. It was uh, from uh, an individual who posts, meh. I used to enjoy this show, but the stats backed negativity and lack of imagination has gotten old. Doesn't take much to look at the bright side and talk about the positive side of things. Sadly, tuning out. First of all, good decision. Yep. Good decision. Uh, second of all, Jim Hunter, you were never invited, regardless. <laughs> um, look, I will be the first to admit, and I will you know get up on my soapbox here. Yes, sometimes I take a negative tone. Shocker. Um, but that being said, the Orioles oftentimes have statistics that back up that negative tone.
0: I, I think it's I think it's more shocking than that, Scott. Last week on this very program, we we said in very lukewarm terms that everything was pretty okay.
1: I but, I felt like we've been doing this for most of the season so far of pointing out the positives.
0: But what happened? Yeah. we got on these microphones and said the Orioles are pretty okay and nothing's terrible. And they rewarded us by losing three straight games to the Red Sox. We can't have nice things when we try to be nice.
1: They do this all the time. I mean, there was midway through April, um, right around the same podcast time, where we were like, hey, they're playing 500 baseball, you know, you know they're not playing that bad. And then all of a sudden, whoop, like, offense disappears, starting pitching is not that great, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, the Red Sox are a really good team right now. Um, And, you know, I come back to that first series that we watched the Orioles play and they swept them. And I said on this podcast, the Red Sox don't look like a very good team. Well, right now they look like a really good team. Um, The whole team, it's not just Devers, but the whole team looks really good. Um, And I'm okay with them losing three straight games to the Red Sox. That doesn't mean it's negative. It just means that they're at a different point of, you know, their journey, as it were. And the Orioles are on this journey of just trying to figure out who's going to be on this team in 2022 and 2023. Look, dear listener, if we are in some way
0: negative, the Orioles respond well. This, this program said that the Orioles were going to lose 100 games in 2012, and look what happened. Look what we did. We said nice things about the Orioles, and they had a bad week. Look, I'm not saying that we have the power. We said the Orioles should be all
1: in in 2018. <laughs> What Look I, what that gave us. <laughs> what I
0: am saying is that we are the Pat Valaika of podcasts, all right? We're here for the junk time, and we hope it's entertaining.
1: But yeah, we're not going to um, orange color glass it, and if the stats do back up the basis that the Orioles are a bad team, we're going to call it out. But there are a lot of positives on this team, just like we covered last week, and that, my opinion, has not changed on that matter.
0: Bad and super fun are not always mutually exclusive.
1: Absolutely. Let's go to third base.
0: All right. Question for you. Yep. What comes next? Uh, we watched uh, a little while ago the um, no-hitter mm-hmm. for John Means.
1: I, at least I watched it.
0: <laughs> not not, sh- not sure if we've mentioned it, but John Means threw no-hitter. Um, and that was, you know, a significant thing that happened in Baltimore. A couple of weeks ago, we talked uh, about the, uh, the uh, PR department's show notes, right? And they talk about, oh, the last time something significant happened, and we talked about no-hitters, right? Got me to thinking, what's the next thing you want to see in person? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I've seen two cycles uh, in person, Felix P.A. and Voldemort. Um, and so I, I got to thinking, like, what's some weird and cool stuff that would be neat to see in person? Like, you know, a no-hitter or a cycle or something.
1: Sure. So, I mean, what would be on your bucket list?
0: For for me, I would really love to see an Ultimate Grand Slam.
1: Okay. So yeah. you would you want to see a Chris Hoyles ultimate grand slam?
0: Yes, again Seattle,
1: Seattle, absolutely down weird, three runs, weird games,
0: <laughs> two outs, ninth inning, bases loaded, walk off grand slam. Would love it, would yeah. be
1: awesome. Uh, now for me, I'm am I'm, I'm in that same category. I, I want to see I want to see a dong, um, me in person. I want to see somebody hit the warehouse. Like mm. I think that's a really good one for an in person basis where it can happen. You know, home team visiting team. I want to see someone hit the warehouse.
0: You don't have to be there. Yeah. And here's why. Baltimore has like five hundred and fifty thousand people, a metro uh population of what two point seven million pe- mm-hmm. people. Two point seven million people were there for twenty one thirty one. Absolutely. Two point seven million people were there for the all-star game yep. at Camden Yards. You don't have to go and see somebody hit the warehouse. You can just tell people later, no yep. big deal.
1: Nobody's gonna card you. And then you know, tandem off of that, you know, similar to your ultimate grand slam. I think I really like to see like a Josh Hamilton game, like a four-home mm. run game yeah. um, where a player is just so locked in that they're coming up for that fourth at-bat or their fifth at-bat and they are literally flirting with history. Um, so those, those are the two that would be most intriguing to me uh, is just watching a baseball player just in the zone um, and then just watching someone frequently hit the ball so hard that it hits the warehouse would be intriguing enough for me.
0: So, so one of the weird things I was thinking is that, do you remember... <laughs> Do you remember when Kevin Millar had that weird, like, um, consecutive game on base streak? Yeah. I I don't remember what the record was, and I don't remember how close he got, and I don't remember if it was like, you know, an Orioles record or what. But in, in a very unremarkable season, it gave you a reason to take note. Every time Kevin Millar was up,
1: it was almost like uh, starting pitchers giving up more than five runs in less than five innings uh, for 20 or more games, and everyone wanting to, in essence, know that stat.
0: Yeah. But it'd be cool to see a legit one. Like, I don't know off the top of my head what the Orioles' record is for a consecutive hit streak, but it'd be kind of cool to have somebody go after that, right? Yeah. So, even here in a losing season, you know, if you're rooting for Cedric Mullins yep. to make his mark on
1: franchise history, That'd be fun, and it'd be fun to watch in person. So when I'm watching a game in person, like I'm obviously I'm looking for everything else, but the one thing that I personally look for every single inning is I look for an immaculate inning, and I look for that basis of three hitters come up, three strikeouts, all on nine pitches. And I know some of the I know there's been an order or two in the recent past that have done it, Um, but every so often I'm watching that basis of an immaculate inning. And I know there's been a bunch of pictures that I've done against the Orioles as of recently too, but it's one of those things that I wouldn't say that I put it on like I I've never seen it or I want to see it, but it's one of those things that I watch a game and I pay closer attention probably to most people about immaculate innings.
0: I want to see a position player
1: do it. Oh, Pat
0: the Bat almost did it the other night.
1: It Pat like I did an in immaculate inning. That would be amazing.
0: <laughs> I uh, I would love to see. Uh, you know, perfect game is awesome. No hitter is great, but it also would be kind of cool to see somebody rack up that 20 plus strikeouts yep. in a single game. Because again, that's one of those things where like everyone in the park, regardless of which team it is, is invested in
1: wanting Absolutely. to see that. Happen. And again, it's just domination. It's yeah. similar to the thorough home run game. Yes. Where it is absolute domination, um, by that player of like, no one is able to touch them. Um, and I remember watching that Kerry Wood game, um, on, on on, I think it was being broadcast on ESPN. Or they cut into it on ESPN. I remember watching it, and I was just thinking, man, this guy is untouchable today. Like he is absolutely in fuego. Um, and it would be fun to see that in person because, like you said, every single batter that came up next, it would kind of be raising the you know anxiety slash excitement level throughout the entire game.
0: Well, it's like um, you know the thirty to three game yeah. was. Was fun. It was like, you know, gallows humor fun. But it was, you know, it it was exciting. Uh, Last one for me uh, I think it'd be cool to see an unassisted triple play. Yeah. Again, in person, watch it happen because that's the kind of thing where, you know, it would happen really quickly. And while it happened, you probably wouldn't be able to process it. But then you'd have to sit back and be like, oh my gosh, that really happened. Oh my gosh.
1: So it was like you having sex for the first time. (laughs) Yikes. All right, we want to go home plate? Absolutely. After that segue?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's
0: score. Um, I want to talk about the Masson app. Yeah. Scotty, I just downloaded the Masson app.
1: I and- did I did it tonight as well for the first time because- We did not
0: discuss this. I'm very w- proud
1: of you. We did not. Um, I was sitting around. I didn't really have the energy to walk five feet away to get <laughs> my remote, to turn the TV on, and I'm like, eh, why don't I download the Masson app and just stream this and see how this goes? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I broke my cherry, as it were, for this evening.
0: What were your thoughts on the Masson app? Now that it's here, now that the rollout has been ineffectual and sad, the app is here. Yeah. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, all right. So I I downloaded it. I clicked on my favorite team. Um, I obviously I Yeah. I obviously went right to, like, I just want to stream the broadcast. I don't understand why I have to choose between Masson and Masson 2. Like, I just want to go directly to the Orioles game. Like, why are you giving me the option of going to Masson or and Mass 2?
0: What if there's a perfect game happening over on Mass well, and 2?
1: I reiterate my statement. I'm like, if I wanted to do that, <laughs> that's fine. But it should default to whatever channel the Orioles are on, which again comes back to the whole TV debacle, which is what channel are the Orioles playing on and what channel are the Nationals playing on? And it still amazes me too, to the state that the Orioles and Nationals, you know, aren't just on a respective channel. It's like Mass and Orioles, Mass and Nationals – and everyone knows exactly what channel they need to turn it into. Nope, it's always well. Today is going to be Masson two, but tomorrow we might be on Masson one. We'll see what happens. It's like a jackpot of uh, of likability. But um, one thing that I did not like about the streaming service uh, when I was watching it is just how delayed it was. Um, off by we'll call it ten to fifteen seconds, and it doesn't make any sense to me. It's if Masson is taking the content and then filtering it into. You know, a cable box, for example, I don't understand why it is so far behind in terms of a distribution.
0: So I I did notice the lag. It was about, you know, four or five pitches,
1: maybe. Yes.
0: Um, I would be curious to see how the lag compares to radio and satellite radio. Satellite radio satellite is radio really terrible. Far
1: behind. Yeah, t- satellite radio is terrible. Um, Real radio is not. I, I, I should take this back. MLB at bat radio. Is slightly behind as well, but it's not as bad as satellite radio. Real radio is really good; like it's maybe, maybe three or four seconds at most. Um, and again, that's from a delay standpoint, just to basically make sure that Kevin Brown does not make a bad musical interlude. Right, they need the
0: kill switch just for uh, the the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald.
1: A- absolutely, we yeah. we don't want bad musical takes on
0: the radio. <laughs> Can I just say? Yeah. Um, I think the app is fine. Okay. Um, it, w- here's one thing I like about Coming it. from a late 30-year-old man, yes. Here, here's something I like about it. You got just about everything on there. You've got the ability to live stream. You've got uh, access to team or, or, I guess, mass and produced video, the post-game, pre-game show, the all-access stuff. They've got press conferences right there uh, as well as the podcasts. It's interesting to me because we had a conversation with Zach Wilt uh, in like 2014 or 2015 about uh, the those Baltimore- were the days, my friend. Sorry about uh, the Baltimore Sports Report Network yeah. trying to do something similar, right? Yep. Get the written content, get the audio content, get the video content in one single app, you know, one single service size. Um, and, you know, the, the Masson app seems to uh, accomplish that. So I, I would argue. That for for an Orioles fan, it's a pretty nifty app.
1: For a multi-million dollar organization, they did what they were supposed to do.
0: Hey, hey. Don't be negative.
1: Yeah, I'm being negative here. You're, I think it's fine. You're right. It's it's not terrible. Uh it's it's not bad. Um I think it's like you said, it's, you know, it is what it is. I think it's very similar to like the athletic app. Um, in terms of, you know, how they structured and stuff like that. But overall, on a whole, um, if it is targeted to individuals in their 30s, 40s, 50s, it is an easily navigatable app. Um, I just don't know if it draws in that next generation of audience. And that's my only concern.
0: All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Scotty, I talked about the fact that uh, we had to be quick tonight. Yep. And so uh, we've talked ourselves in circles through uh, four bases here. Yep. We're going to keep going. Okay. Bonus bit. Fifth base.
1: All right. So we're going to go to instant instant re- re- <laughs> inter- going, day, <laughs> <up>.
0: <laughs> going to instant replay. <laughs> Throw in the headphones. Yep. Uh, story time. Yep. So Sarah and I are watching the game the other night, and um, we're talking about Pat Valaika, mm-hmm. and she had no idea who that was, which, understandable. Yep. Tot- totally nondescript, dude. Um. And so I, I said, it's Pat Flaherty, you know, he's a, he's a utility slash super utility. He's a less likable Ryan Flaherty. He's a guy. Right. Less likable Ryan Flaherty. And she goes, oh, okay. Oh, Flash. And then, you know, and then it got me nostalgic. And I was thinking about how much I love the, the Buckle Up Birds era. And I was thinking about the players that we got now. Um, and when you compare the two, I got to thinking, it's not that we don't have lovable players on this team the way we did back uh-huh. then. But, Scotty, I think we may lack unlikable players Mm. the way we have in the past.
1: So I I definitely agree with you that we don't have big personalities on this team like we've had in the past. Um, But I agree that it's hard place to be like, I really don't like a personality, as it were. Or I just don't like that guy. Um, You know, he he has placed a certain... uh, or of uh, toxic masculinity or something like that.
0: <laughs> well, there's that. But we did not think that, you know, Delman Young, who hit possibly the biggest hit of that era, we didn't think that he was perhaps the nicest gentleman that ever faced,
1: you know, graced the face of the earth. Uh, but, by the way, um, I can validate your parking um, before you leave this evening.
0: <laughs> I would even argue that a player that we liked very much, like Manny Machado, mm-hmm. had moments of... <clears throat> Us being able to understand why other fan bases might not be so fond of him. Absolutely. Periods of negativity, as it were. Yeah, yeah. But looking at the roster as it's constructed now, like I really just don't see anybody where like, that dude's a tool. Yep. I don't like this guy. Yep. I think th- I think that the current roster is either that's a solid guy or just meh. Absolutely. It's interesting. It's interesting. I, I also wonder. Well, no, I was I was gonna say that expectation may play into it, but I hated Kevin Gregg. Yes. I hated Michael Gonzalez.
1: These are understatements, under <laughs> by the way, everyone. <laughs> but like, I didn't expect those teams to be good. Right. You know, I knew
0: that they were going to be garbage when they came in from the from the bullpen. And boy, howdy, did they did yep. they deliver. But, you know, there's nobody coming out of the pen where I'm like, oh, I hate that guy. That's why I think it's so funny when people rag okay. on uh, Sean new, Armstrong. New Mike Wright. Yeah. He's new Mike
1: Wright, for God's sake. Right. Why are you bagging on him? Right. Yeah, I agree that there isn't anybody from a personality basis. that's just like, I really don't like that guy. Um, but that raises the question, Jake, out of the current Orioles roster, and we can extend out to the 40-man roster, I think, too, just mm-hmm. to give us a little bit of wiggle room. Who is your least likable Oriole? Uh,
0: I I really, really don't know. I,
1: I, I've got mine right away. Like, there's no question in my mind. <laughs> okay, who's your least likable? It's obviously player. Trey Mancini, so... <laughs>
0: Oh. <laughs> I almost said something we were gonna have to cut out later. Oh man! <laughs> DM us for that joke. It was terrible. Um, um,
1: but in, in all honesty, the one player that I don't really like, and I think it falls into that category of, I, I just don't know much about him. And when I've seen him in person before, I generally got the much got the vibe of like, eh, would probably be Chancisco of like it's an individual that is very much white bread but um he he did when i when i've seen him talk at fanfest and stuff like that before i was left with like he doesn't have that dynamic personality to be a catcher in major league baseball so if i think i had to pick somebody that was a personality and i wouldn't even say it's negative but it potentially could be hampering um it would probably be Francisco at this point so going going back to
0: the discussion. so you're
1: not picking Trey Mancini, no, I'm not
0: <laughs> going <laughs> going back to the the expectation thing. I think it's interesting that that as Chris Davis went from being one of the best players on the planet to being the worst player of all time mm-hmm. in pretty short succession. Yep, he's still an incredibly likable dude. Um. <sighs> I mean, unless you're Brian uh, Brandon Hyde and you're in the dugout.
1: I'm, uh, this is a tough one for me because um, you're absolutely right. He does a ton of community engagement standpoint, but he is also very stubborn, like mm. very, very stubborn. Um, and you, you, you know what? I I may have to take back my chances. Good thing Chris Davis may get it, not just from the performance basis, but just due to the stubbornness basis, because uh, we have seen it now for multiple years where he has kind of disregarded the organization. Um, and you know, some of their, their techniques, um, and there's this kind of stubbornness of like, I've made my money. I'm not going to get another contract. I'm just going to ride it out and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because ultimately I like how I play. Um, and even if it doesn't translate, I'd rather not completely reinvent myself in order to go through the motions. Hang on. Yeah.
0: You don't think another club is going to give him $161 million when he's done
1: here? I don't think anybody, any other club is going to give him $10 to even come into the ballpark.
0: Uh, we're going to give him $10 and more for the next 30 Wait, years, uh, not to uh, come into the ballpark. You said any other
1: club. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, unless the Orioles become the Nashville sounds, then no, no other club is going to be giving him any money.
0: Eek, eek, eek. One, one guy who I, I think expectation is creeping in that like, is is souring my 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 vibe toward him uh is hunter harvey mm. and his inability yeah. to get on the field and and that's one of those things where it's like you know when it was brian roberts uh you know uh I, I i i chided people for feeling this way so i have to like you know i'm trying to be better i'm I'm trying to work on myself but i i will admit to, to feeling a little something that we just can't get this guy on plus you know ridiculous hair
1: Yeah, I mean, I I can't really be upset with Hunter Harvey um, in that given regard, but from a personality basis, I'm going to still go with Chancisco. But Chris Davis, like I said, I don't even consider Chris Davis to be on the Orioles anymore. Like I said, he is a mascot of a forgotten era, um, and I just have written him off in my head at this point. So, um, let's see who won this week on Fantasy Boss.
2: I just gotta keep insisting on oh, baby,
0: you sure do swing When it comes
2: to kissing I just gotta keep insisting on oh, daddy, you are the king Baby, you've got me beat up and down Inside, out, and across
0: And so was the era of Jake English domination.
1: I domination. Thought I, thought I might have it this week. Uh where both teams went up three and zero. Uh and when and when Bowie got to three and zero, I was just like, I got this week. There's no question in my mind, I got this week. But uh nope. Uh Jake, you picked Aberdeen this week. And All about
0: the hometown bread.
1: Aberdeen dominated five and one to Bowie's three and two. Um yeah, just like I said, Aberdeen was on fire and they had some great starting rotation um some pitchers uh this week. So yeah props Taverdine. Um, you know good job for the Iron Birds. So Jake what's your category going to be this week?
0: Uh, we are going to go back to offense over at the uh, Orioles and I'd like to I'd like to um, like to go with K percentage. Okay. But if you please don't pick the guy you think is like you know going to come off the
1: off the bench once and, and so like no Ryan McKenna right so we're looking for someone that's going to get at least you know fifteen plus paid appearances a somewhat regular yeah at least a platoon guy and we're looking for the lowest K rate or the highest K rate lowest all right so we're going to go with lowest K rate
0: um
1: I'm going to go with
0: I'm going to go with Trey Mancini all right I. I'm going to go with Ryan Mountcastle. All right. I think he's coming on at the right time, and uh, we're just we're just going to try this.
1: Yeah, and like I said, um, Mountcastle, you know, historically has been a pretty high K-rate guy, but you're absolutely right that Mountcastle over the past 10 games has been um, catching fire in a jar. You know, we were watching tonight's game on a Monday night, um, hit a home run as well. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know, that, that swing is starting to look better um, as it relates to Ryan Mountcastle, so let's see what happens. So... We're going with K percentage, Um, who's going to have the lowest one, either Mountcastle or Mancini, both booming the ball tonight uh, for the Baltimore Orioles, both hitting home runs uh, on a Monday night. Um, But we'll see how they do with that plate discipline at the plate, and we'll figure out who owns it. And with that, let's go ahead and do some good, the bad and the ugly.
0: That's right, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to go ahead and get started, and I'd like to talk about the good that took place this week. I want to go back and talk about Cedric Mullins, and I want to make sure that we talk about him because I don't want to take him for granted. Right? It seems like chalk to talk about Cedric Mullins and how well he's he's doing at the plate to to talk about his contributions, talk about this marvelous, magical season that he's having. But at the same time, the dude has still got it. He's been up there, Every week, just about. And we could have picked him, but we've been avoiding it because we don't want to say the same thing every week. He had another great week. And again, I keep harping on this, but his BABIP was only 250. He didn't have a lucky week. He had a good week. 165 weighted runs created plus a 406 WOBA. Um, only struck out at a uh, 10% clip. And again, 28 at-bats. Had the team lead in at-bats, shared, of course, with Austin Hayes. Cedric Mullins has been really good this season, and he was really good this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the past week, I mean, I think our good obviously would go to John Means, but he got his own podcast associated with him. So he's kind of out of um, the good, bad, and the ugly, specifically because he got a whole podcast associated with him.
0: Oh, did, did John Means do something good this week?
1: He did. Okay. Uh, so my good's going to go to Wade Miley this week. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, everybody. Uh, my good for the week is going to go to Freddie Galvez, who, again— um, is an individual that we've talked about previously in the podcast, um, but just had an absolutely great week in 18 plate appearances, 246 weighty runs created plus, um, playing, you know, that some decent defense. We talked about this on the last podcast so really, whether that's true or not. Um, but yeah, Freddy Galvez has been filling in really well for Jonathan Villar, Villar, Um and the Orioles looking smart once again uh, for making the right move.
0: Absolutely. All right, my bad is going to go to Sean Armstrong. Look, I know I just said that we shouldn't hate him, but it did not say that he was good. New Mike Wright in two appearances uh, gave up four earned runs, and whew, it's just bad. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's coming into gross situations and things are you know getting worse. I don't know if he's not performing well because of something else going. But just bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, you know, another individual who I consider to be bad is Michael Franco. We talked about the Orioles doing really well with that Freddie Galvis signing. The Michael Franco signing, I feel like, has been, you know, not great. Um, I think it's been kind of a waste of money, um, me personally. Um, I mean, I don't think there's anybody going to supplement or supplant Michael Franco. Um, but, you know, he hasn't made a dynamic impact to me uh, on this Orioles roster.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the thing is, again, we we were talking about him, I think it was last week, he was bad, but not necessarily ugly. This week, you know, he's he's had another he's had enough rough go of it. All right. Let's talk about ugly 11,000 fans in the stands Mm -hmm. at best. It's really ugly when most of them are Red Sox fans.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. This is my ugly as well of the whole Red Sox series has been really tough to watch. And we saw a precursor of this earlier this season with the Yankees series. And we're like, all right, that's a decent amount of Yankees fans. But I feel like it's blown out of proportion with this Red Sox series of um, I mean, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but it feels like it's like seventy or seventy-five percent Red Sox fans.
0: The, the fact that they're so vocal when stuff happens, yeah. is just the disappointing thing. Like you know, a home run will get hit, and the the crowd will you, quote unquote go wild. You
1: mean a fly ball? <laughs> yeah. it, it's just you're you're right. It's it's tough to watch. Um, it's even tougher to being in the stands. And like I said, I've been at those games with mm-hmm. Red Sox fans in the stands. But in a small stadium like that, where it, they can't be drowned out, it is extremely obnoxious and extremely difficult to watch those games and be in attendance for those games.
0: So we don't we don't show each other our good, bad, the ugly, which is why we ended on the same... I, I'm not sure we've landed on the same ugly in a long time.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think we have, but... Uh, not, this,
0: not since Jim Palmer in 1969. Yeah,
1: but this is, this is a big one for me. And like I said, I, I can't really fault anybody about it. I mean... If Red Sox fans want to go and buy the tickets up for the weekend, that's fine. But I will also say, I specifically traded in our tickets earlier this season for this notion of like I don't really want to be at a Red Sox series, and I'm really concerned that this might happen. And the last thing I want to do was be there on Mother's Day weekend with a bunch of Red Sox fans. So, you know, the Orioles did everything right. They gave away really cool promotions. They had you know the Boston, uh, they had the Baltimore Giants. Um, uh, hats from the Negro League. Um, they had
0: elite giants, as I was corrected.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, they had the infinity scarves from the mothers. It just there wasn't enough. They,
0: they had a player throw no hitter that week. They, I mean, they did everything right. They did
1: everything right. The Orioles had everything going in their direction, except deep down in my heart, I knew I'd be surrounded by Red Sox fans. You know, from you know various areas of the you know the Baltimore metropolitan area. Uh, and I just couldn't deal with that. Our to stand up. Yeah,
0: can can I just quick bonus aside? Sure. Uh, I, I'm not sure that we talked about this. Did you watch any of the Yankees game on TV?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Um, so watching highlights of the Yankees series, I, I think when we were originally going to have our show on Monday, maybe mm-hmm. I watched some of the uh, the Yankees series highlights just kind of refresh my memory, and was delighted to get some of those highlights from the the yankees uh broadcast crew and the yankees broadcast crew kept talking about uh how fly balls just fly out of canyon yards left field you know well that happens here in canyon yards or you know pop-ups in and canyon yards turn into home runs in left field and i thought to myself You guys know where you
1: play, right? Right. I'm going to say, you you realize you have a short porch in right field. You've been to Yankee Stadium once or twice? Yeah. Okay. You you literally have a team built for people that it can hit it to the right right field porch. You literally have a stadium built for that. For your team. Exactly. So, Um, yeah, go pound sand, right? (laughs) I thought (laughs) it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Well, with that, let's go ahead and blow the save. So, uh, Jake, I'll let you take it away this week.
0: we talk all the time about, um, you know, about how important baseball is in our experience of, of family and friends, and that's certainly true of uh, the both of us. Um, a good friend of the program that we've had on this show, uh, Josh Finver, uh, who of course is our resident Nats fan uh, uh, expert, uh had had a rough week of it last week uh had a heart attack and is going to be just fine and has uh is on his way to recovery. Uh, it was a really scary couple of days and uh you know I love him dearly and I'm I'm so glad that he's doing well. Uh but I'd like to just, you know, throw out a reminder. Let the ones you love know that you love them. And if baseball is the way in which you Express that love, even if it's calling your dear friends to razz them about their team, forty miles away from yours, where they shouldn't be. Make sure you do that. Life and baseball seasons are too short, and the friends we make along the way are too sweet.
1: Yeah, completely agree, Josh. I hope you get better. Bryce Harper's thinking about you in Philadelphia.
0: Josh, I hope you get better, and uh, the base, uh, the the Baltimore bandwagon is a is a. Is a good road to, to recovery. Absolutely. And that's our shoe. Remember, you can find this in our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at Birds Eye dot
1: Birds Eye View is available for download wherever you get your, get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show, especially with a meh. And we appreciate the feedback and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at
0: contact at com. You can send hate mail to jake at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media. We're all over the place. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, creamsicle. But the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at BirdseyeViewBAL. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond
1: adieu-adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's.